0: As the Orange hold off the defending national champion, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7 100.1 ESPN Radio Utica, Rome What's happening Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board as always You can listen on the ESPN app wherever you go Wherever you are, whatever you're doing Please do so. Please get on the move, get outside, enjoy a little cooler today in central New York. Uh, again, a cooler uh, below average temperature week. But hey, sun's still shining. It's not winter, right? Uh, no matter what, it's uh, you're not shoveling five feet of snow off your driveway. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing out there, the ESPN app is a great way to keep up with us. Just download the app, find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome, and off you go. Wherever you go, we'll go with you, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. that's the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line, another great way to fire off some hot takes at us. You got your face in your phone. You might as well text us a hot take or two, right? That's hot. 288-0644 is how you get in touch with us there. We have one guest, maybe another, today. I know that I'm confident I have spoken with, and he has confirmed that uh, Ted Starkey will come on with us. The man himself who... Covers the Washington Capitals like no other. It appears that the Stanley Cup final is over. The Caps take a commanding 3-1 series lead over Central New York's, you know, kind of quasi-team with Alex Tuck from Baldwinsville, the Dan Duva connection, other uh, Syracuse Crunch connections like Jonathan Marsh's show, a team that was easy for Central New York to root for in the Vegas Golden Knights. They are now on the verge of getting the Stanley Cup over to Washington as the Caps These are the Capitals we're talking about here, so you'll always leave the window open for the impossible to happen, but they appear to be ready to clinch the Stanley Cup. We will talk to Ted about that, the mood in Washington, the mood around this team, talk some hockey with him. He's the author of some terrific books on hockey. You should follow him on Twitter as well for great insight into not only the Washington Capitals, but the the world of the NHL and the AHL as well. He wrote a great book about the AHL for you Crunch fans out there, called Chasing the Dreams. We'll talk to Ted this hour. We may, and sometimes when we don't confirm a guest, I don't want to say their name and jinx it, but I will say the name in case he does pop up so it's not a big surprise to you. Not mystery guest status like a a mystery guest we had recently, which was Alex Tuck turned out to be, right? We may have Tim Roy, the play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors today. Uh, Those of you that are listening in Utica certainly remember Tim. Those of you listening here in Central New York, one way or the other, remember Tim, did some radio here in Central New York back in the day, is now the play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors, which at one time uh, certainly was a nice gig in that you were the play-by-play voice of an NBA team, but it was Golden State. Now it's the premier play-by-play gig in the NBA, and one of the premier in all of sports. Patience really paid off there for Tim Roy. goes to the finals every year now, gets to watch Steph Curry and Kevin Durant every night, and... They also, only up two zero 0 seem to be on the verge of an NBA title. It's just a matter of if, not when. It's just a matter of, or pardon me, a matter of when, not if, pardon me. Flip that around. Four games, five games, what's it going to be for the Golden State Warriors? So Tim is in Cleveland. He's a busy guy. He's a lot going on. I was texting with him a little bit today. We may have him today, maybe tomorrow. So I just kind of wanted to float that out there in case we have to kind of tap the brakes and, and talk to him, which we will certainly do for a guy like Tim Roy. Forbes has put out their annual list of the highest paid athletes in the world. I think that's always interesting to look at to see what our viewing habits are, who's making the most money and why. We'll certainly get into that a little more on Syracuse basketball and the growing expectations for next season. Seth mentioned it in the update. Even Joel and already can't screw this up, right? Because What would you rather talk about on June 5th than Bracketology? But did we get the kiss of death again from Joe Lenardi, somebody who's, let's just say, wrong, often on the fate of Syracuse? We'll examine that a little bit and uh, much more throughout the program. And you're welcome to join the conversation here. Now, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go there today. But bear with me here. Stay with me. I'm not going to. Swing too wildly in in one direction or the other, but look, when the president of the United States of America cancels a visit with the Super Bowl champions and what is a a continuing storyline now, it used to be the most innocent, innocuous thing that nobody would know, unless you kind of tuned in the news that night, like, oh, the Stanley Cup champions were at the White House tonight, oh, hey, the NBA champions were there, or It just was such a bland, routine thing. You show up, everybody stands behind the president, everybody smile. He'll more than likely mispronounce the names of some players. He'll make some corny jokes. He'll, you know, praise their perseverance and their attitude and, you know, their hard work and all the things that it may. You know, the same script about every champion. It used to be just, it it barely made a blip on the radar screen. It was like something you threw up on a slow day. So-and-so champion visits White House It's just, you know, this donut that you would fill in. It has now become a major, not only political spectacle, but a sports spectacle as well. It's one of the first questions that teams get answered these days after they win championships. It's already out there. LeBron James already commenting today that no matter who wins this thing, uh, they're probably not going to the White House. I think we have audio of that as a matter of fact. Well, I just actually just found out about it when I was walking up to the podium. I ain't really digested enough, but um, it's typical of him. I'm not surprised. Um, I'm just, you know, typical of him. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know. No matter who wins this series, no one's, no one wants to invite anyway. So. Yeah, Golden State was one of those teams that you know, pretty much made it clear they weren't going to go, and that was canceled before they officially got the invite. Remember that? That got, I mean, President Trump actually canceled that when it, the invite had never gone out because they got asked about it. The feelers were there. This was last summer. And, you know, something that didn't exist got canceled, and that was a visit by the Warriors there. Other teams have gone. Alabama football's been there. And trying to think of some other teams. The Pittsburgh Penguins visited the White House during the season to celebrate their Stanley Cup championship with, with no incident whatsoever. So it's interesting how certain sports show up, they're there, everything's fine, and others either aren't going to show up at all, and they know that now, or we're going to have a very low representation. And this time around, these are the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions of the National Football League from one of the most historic cities in our union, right? Philadelphia, where American democracy you know, really began in a lot of ways. So it's interesting that that team in that city got disinvited and wouldn't go. So look, I'll talk about this as long as you want to talk about it. If you don't want to get into it, if you feel that this is oil and water these days, that's fine. But this is not a stick to sports thing. This is a sports incident. This is the president of the United States disinviting the Super Bowl champions and furthering a conversation that should have been over long ago. So let's just go over a few things here. First of all, I would go. I've said this about Golden State. I've said this about other teams that have inferred that they wouldn't go. I would go. I think, to me, it sends a stronger message. It sends a unified front that you can go to the White House and stare somebody in the eye that has called some of your teammates, has called some of your brethren in the National Football League, SOBs, that has railed on you, that has used... The ratings failures of the NFL at times has used the NFL as a pawn in a political game to throw meat to the wolves of the supporters that he has and has painted them unfairly, in my opinion, broadly as an unpatriotic league, which anybody that takes a second to step back and examine the situation fairly knows is absurd. There is no, you can even measure such a thing, which is ridiculous for me to say, but if, if we could measure our patriotism, right? The NFL goes over the top with patriotism. Think of opening day and the flags that cover entire football fields and the military flyovers. And, you know, there's always that thing in the Super Bowl pregame show where somebody's reading the Declaration of Independence and it's this, you know, dramatic thing. They have Americanized. They have made football related to patriotism more than any other sport, and it is not close. So to infer that the NFL is unpatriotic or any of this because, you know, a small percentage of players chose to protest is is just patently absurd. But perception is reality. And there are those that will believe whatever the president says. And if he says they're unpatriotic and he says they're this, then, well, then they must be. But I would go. I would go because I think that makes the bigger statement. Maybe you get a couple minutes to pull the president aside and say, you know, Mr. President, Respectfully, I'd like to say this is why so-and-so did this, which brings me to my next point. Not a single player on the Philadelphia Eagles knelt during the anthem. Not a single player for the Philadelphia Eagles stayed in the locker room. There was a couple players, I think, that raised a fist at one point. Today, Fox News inaccurately put photos up during a news segment portraying Philadelphia Eagles players protesting during the anthem when, in fact, they were praying before the game. After the anthem was concluded, which Fox has since apologized for. So credit to them for that. You want to talk about fake news? It goes both ways. You want to talk about spinning an image and spinning a perception, which both sides accuse each other of doing. There was a clear case of it right there. And they all do it. They all do it. CNN does it. Fox News does it. ESPN, I mean, they all do it. Fox got caught there. Not a single Eagles player even did a noteworthy protest. So it's interesting that, you know, by virtue of winning the Super Bowl and the team invited to the White House, that they're the ones that got brushed aside. Some things that the Eagles did do last year. Chris Long donated his entire salary to charity. Malcolm Jenkins has not only taken to social media and other causes to speak out about things that he believes in, he has met with Congress. He has taken time to to meet with legislators, to push for criminal justice reform. He is taking his status as a football player and trying to make change. He's not just taking a knee and letting the media take over. He he did raise his fist and he did use that platform to get his message out there. But he's following up. And again, say all you want about Colin Kaepernick, and I said from day one, not a good idea because your message will get swamped over. But Kaepernick has donated millions of dollars, plural, to a a number of charitable causes so this is just not a guy riding a media wave here He has literally put his money where his mouth is there carson wentz has donated over five hundred thousand dollars to help build a sports complex in haiti the eagles for the first time did a fundraiser this year and you know in that first time raised 2.5 million dollars to fight autism and i understand that every team does some sort of charity or community service and you shouldn't be Overly applauded on the back for that. You should use your status in the National Football League to do that. But those are things they did do. What they did not do was protest the anthem last year. Somebody did call NFL players SOBs. belittled prisoners of war, gold star families, the FBI, federal judges, our intelligence agencies who protect this country. And I asked you, how does that honor our country? How is that patriotic? Another point is this was over, and I'll make this point about Trump, the Eagles, Kaepernick. At any time this conversation comes up, the NFL, I was critical of them for diving back into this last week because this was over. No one was discussing this. Maybe it would bubble up again when the season come around. The camera would pan, and reporters would be like, "Is anybody doing it?" Eight players took a knee in Week Two last season. Eight. And it was fading, it was going to be over, and it'd be on to the next thing. Then President Trump went to a rally in Alabama and threw gas on the fire. The SOB's line went after Kaepernick because it's advantageous for him. He knows he's got a base, and even he's got a base of people that don't necessarily support him on every issue. I mean, patriotism is is an easy thing to get people riled up about when it's presented in a certain way well, you're disrespecting the anthem you're disrespecting our military by doing this it's it's an easy play it's, it's shooting fish in a barrel he knows he's got a majority on his side and he loves to rally support for himself and for his causes as all politicians do so it's an easy play but this issue was over it was done it was over and you know would not even remotely be as big of an issue today had he not done that because Think of the owners and the players and people that stood on the sideline last year all locked arms. That came after that rally. That came after a big canister of gasoline was thrown on that fire. I think what we're learning here is the NFL screwed up. That the policy of we will throw you a bone, we will give you the option to remain in the locker room wasn't good enough. If anything, if the NFL had just come out and said, that's it, this is over, you will come out, you will stand for the anthem, you are required to, If and, and just even leave it at that. Don't put any ands, ifs, or buts on it. Then I think Trump would have been bored with it and would have moved on to the next thing that gets his base rolling, that gets headlines. I mean, he has mastered this craft of getting the media to chase him like an ambulance going down the street. And what would happen if that dog ever catches that ambulance, right? That's the world we live in today. I think we're finding out that the NFL screwed this up and they have time to fix it. They can amend this policy. They can say, we cannot leave any opening here for President Trump or any politician to get our fan base riled up because if there's something that the NFL has, it's one of the more universal fan bases out there. It's one of the biggest fan bases out there. And any percentage of that that gets cut into based on a a certain narrative, based on, you know, both truth and, you know, Everything in between, well, nothing scares an NFL owner like, you're going to hit my bottom line. And this is going to hit their bottom line. Will it be enough to notice? We'll see. Ratings are up in a lot of other sports. In the NFL, they're up in in some cases down in others. Sunday Night Football was still the most watched television show in the country last year. The Super Bowl still gets over 100 million viewers, right? So how much of a dent are you really making? But they don't want any dent in that massive audience that they have. And I think we've got to remember something, that this is a deep-rooted revenge thing for President Trump. Because when he was Donald Trump, remember he was a USFL owner, took on the National Football League, wanted to be an NFL owner, almost successfully bought the Buffalo Bills, almost became a member of this exclusive club, this rich old white guys club. You know, you got to have an NFL team to truly be... You know, a big member of that club, right? Well, he got denied by that club. He got sued by the NFL. He sparred with the NFL for years. So any opportunity he can circle back and take shots at the NFL, which he now has leverage over, he's going to do it because he is spiteful like that. I think we've seen that in other walks of life. So remember what the motivation is. Is the motivation really respect for whatever you claim the NFL is disrespecting and its players are disrespecting? Or is there a deeper seated motivation here? All I would ask is take a step back and look at that on both sides, by the way, and then make your determination there. That's it. That's what I have to say about it. I think it's it's just sad at this point that this is being used as a divider because it used to be the most simple basic thing. It was an honor to go to the White House no matter who occupied it. It was one of the great things, the great perks a championship team got to do to go get celebrated by the president of the United States. And now it's become what it's become. Less and less teams want to go. The ones that do, do it. The ones that don't get vilified. Or today, you know, kind of a impromptu celebration of patriotism. I mean, we've got flag day coming up in, less than what 10 days and the 4th of July is coming up and we have plenty of days on the calendar that are designed to celebrate our patriotism, but to be forced to do that, that that's not patriotic to me, right? One of the beauties of being patriotic is you kind of get to choose how you get to be patriotic when it's forced on you by a president or anybody else. Well, that, that does, that just doesn't feel right to me. Doesn't change the fact that from the beginning when Colin Kaepernick did this, we ended up here because a message got lost. You ran into a buzzsaw that was going to take that message and skew it. And now this is where we are. And it's sad. It's 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 a commentary on society today, no matter who is in that office, the fact that we're at the point where NFL teams, NBA teams, professional sports teams a storyline when they win a championship is, are you going to go to the White House or are you going to make a political statement about it? That's, boy, that's where we're at. Okay. Well, hopefully not much longer, but we shall see. 437-7644. Yay, democracy! The phone number, Brent Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. We will break on that note. Uh, We're going to stay in D.C., but we're going to change the topic to hockey because the Capitals are about to capture the Stanley Cup. Or are they? Yes, they are. But you always have to ask that question with the Caps, right? Our buddy Ted Starkey joins us to talk some hockey coming up. We've got hot takes on the way. Maybe Tim Roy, the play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors. Our buddy used to work right here in central New York. So much to do, so little time. We're back after this. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Well, like I said, kids, you never know uh, what you get when you hit the 80s bump. That, that's the thing. Well, welcome back. Welcome aboard. Either way, we are happy to have you here. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You're on the block. I'm Brent Dax. On the block is presented by Fusillo Automotive. Great to have you here. Um, you're going to have a rare treat because I am going to do hot takes here at the top of the hour. Usually hot takes is shortly after 4.30 or so, but we had back-to-back guests. We heard from Ted Starkey earlier in the show on the Stanley Cup final, we heard from Tim Roy, the play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors, last hour as well. And I mean, we've got a fancy open for it and everything. So, rare treat for those of you this time of the day. usually don't get to hear it, but you're going to hear it now. With that fancy open, let's do this thing. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, well, thank you, so are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. It's interesting that, and we didn't have time to get into this with Tim Roy, but the Warriors and Cavs have already declared they're not going to the White House, no matter who wins this thing. LeBron James commented on it. Steve Kerr is never short on an opinion on life. You know, Kerr is kind of in that short boat of people that can kind of say whatever he wants. In the sports world, certainly not without repercussions because some people, particularly supporters of the president of the United States, um, how can I put this? Wouldn't agree with this, but it's interesting that here in the middle of the NBA finals, he knows he's going to get asked about it and will say it. And I said my piece earlier about the Eagles and that whole thing and not going to the White House, which has just become this running topic that should not exist anymore. This should have died out. This should have faded into the 15-minute news cycle we're in today, like many other things, but here we are just about two years later, and it still exists. It still gets these gas cans thrown on the fire, the latest being, of course, yesterday when the Philadelphia Eagles were uh, uninvited to the White House. But here is Steve Kerr on this whole thing happening now. Um, it's not surprising. Uh, I think um, you know the president has made made it pretty clear he's going to try to divide us, all of us in this country for political gain. Um, so uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, I think uh, you know, we all look forward to the day when we can, can go back to just having a celebration of athletic achievement and celebrate uh, uh, Americans for their, for their achievement, their good deeds. Uh, the irony is that uh, you know, the Eagles have been nothing, but Fantastic citizens in their own community. They've done so much good. I've read a lot about their team, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Chris Long. uh, These guys are studs. They're amazing. Uh, So it'll be nice when we can just uh, get back to normal in three years. That's uh, what I agree with, and not necessarily about who is in the office and elections and, and all that stuff, although I do agree with Steve Kerr there. But let's just get back to normal when going to the White House was just this innocent thing where he stood behind the president and he cracked a few corny jokes and he handed him the jersey. And as Steve Kerr pointed out, there's a lot of great Americans on that roster that have done great things in their community, that have done things that you know NFL players are not obligated to do. They have gone above and beyond the call of duty there. Chris Long has donated his salary. Malcolm Jenkins, the things he's doing. Other players that don't do it with quite as much publicity. Carson Wentz has donated in the millions of dollars to charitable things and has gotten active in communities is building a sports center in Haiti, which is still, you know, just completely devastated by, you know, what has happened down there with natural disasters. That's what going to the white house should be. It is the people's house. It is a celebration of what the American people are doing, agree or disagree with the politics of the current occupant. And remember when Barack Obama was president, there were a few players for certain teams that didn't want to go because they disagree with his politics too. It was nowhere near the level we're at now where it's just a spectacle. It's an event. And let's keep in mind here that no Philadelphia Eagle took a knee, stayed in the locker room, other than a couple of guys, Malcolm Jenkins included, who kind of raised a fist during the anthem. You know, they didn't take it to the level that several other players did, but they got swept up in this whole thing anyway. So let's just get back to the days when going to the White House – was a no-brainer I mean I'm sorry that's hot you get invited to the White House you go that's the, you don't turn that down other than Forrest Gump who gets to go all the time and I got invited to the White House again and I got to meet the President of the United States again yeah he gets to go all the time but most people don't so that's something you should kind of relish and take advantage of and even if you disagree with the current occupant of the White House even if he's called you an SOB and many other things, I think the bigger move would be to show up, stare them down. And, you know, the Eagles had a bunch of community service things planned in the D.C. area today. That's kind of becoming the new thing. I saw the Minnesota Lynx, who won the WNBA championship, instead of visiting the White House and doing the formal thing, they're going to do a bunch of community service in the D.C. area that day. Whatever it is, if that evolves past the traditional ceremony, fine. But the spectacle this has become on both sides, by the way. Some teams are not innocent of making this more of a spectacle than it should be. It's a damn shame. Going to the White House should be a big deal in a good way, not in the big deal it's become. Speaking of big deals, if you made a highlight reel of the all-time greatest NFL plays, and I'm talking now, I'm talking 10 years from now, I'm talking 30 years from now, I'm, I, whenever, if we had to, say, make a digital presentation, Of the 10 most important plays In NFL history No matter what point in time we're in This makes the list Talking about 6 Don Landry is 6 yards away From his 6th Super Bowl And of course for the upstart 49ers They're 6 yards away from Pontiac 3rd and 3 The right side possibly Montana Looking, looking Throwing in the end zone, Clark caught it! Dwight Clark! It's a madhouse at Candlestick, with 51 seconds left. Dwight Clark is 6'4", he stands about 10 feet tall in this crowd's estimation. Yes, that's Vin Scully calling a football game. I believe that's the last national football broadcast that he called, if not certainly one of the last before he focused full-time on the Dodgers. And Vin Scully had been calling sports for 30 years at that point in the early 1980s. That, of course, is uh, the call, the catch, Dwight Clark, who we lost yesterday at the age of 61 years old. Dwight Clark battled ALS. I know uh, people, friends of mine. Uh, people that were, you know, I considered family that have passed away from this. It's a horrible disease, and there's a lot of strides being made. There's a lot of progress being made. There's a lot of research, but we still don't have a cure for this disease, and it's it's amazing to me that we don't. I I thought by now with technology and and everything that we would, but, you you know, these things go. All the money that's been poured into cancer research and other diseases, it's just, you know, sometimes others have been eradicated or, or down to a level where it's easily treatable, some are are still, there's really no cure. And ALS is, is pretty much that. How Steve Gleason has handled it, other athletes and, and, and famous people that have been out there and presented it. I don't know if you have the, the chance to read some of these stories. I did, and, and boy, did it get dusty in the room. But before Dwight Clark passed, he basically had his funeral with people that he knew, old teammates, friends, and they celebrated his life before he knew this disease would kind of overwhelm him. And if we could all be so lucky to do that, because, you know, unfortunately, we don't always get that opportunity to celebrate with somebody like that before they do pass. But I think Dwight Clark kind of showed us an example of, and Steve Gleason is currently, how you handle this. If you get it and it's just such a debilitating thing and it just robs you of all your functions and anybody that knows about ALS uh, Lou Gehrig's disease knows just how tough that is to see somebody go through. So I wanted to bring it up for that. So hopefully we're taking a step closer to getting a, a cure for that disease. I wanted to bring it up as well because I thought that Vince Scully call was amazing and I had not heard that before. And thirdly, I mean, again, I don't care what we could be having this conversation 100 years from now, that catch the catch. I mean, think about it. <laughs> the name of the play is The Catch. And there's been some amazing catches. David Tyree, right? Franco Harris, the Immaculate Reception. Lynn Swan gracefully reaching out for the football. Terrell Owens from Steve Young, another 49ers play. Made that unbelievable catch against the Green Bay Packers. We've seen, you know, what is a catch, right? And the NFL has become a point of debate these days. Touchdowns taken away and... You know, the the ever-long debate of what is a catch in football. Well, Dwight Clark, we knew he caught that football. And I don't care what point in time we have this conversation. That is one of the most important plays in NFL history, and it always will be. That's hot. So certainly our condolences and best to those that knew Dwight Clark and, and knew him well. Speaking of debilitating injuries, it's incredible to me that this happened. At first I saw this on the hot take sheet, and I said, Why are we discussing this? And then I remembered. So if I leave a detail out of this, this just sounds like, you know, a transaction you would read and gloss over and not think twice about. The Chicago Bears have re-signed tight end Zach Miller to a one-year contract that will pay him $480,000 if he doesn't play football. Now, why would we add that detail? Well, you'll remember Zach Miller last year dislocated his knee and almost had his leg amputated. Like, it was close. Got hurt during a game, had to go to the hospital, and he almost lost his leg. There's a lot of focus, and there should be, on concussions and head injuries, but you know football's still a pretty brutal game in other ways. I mean, dude almost lost his leg during a game last year, and the Bears brought him back. And I noted he signed a one-year deal that will still pay him $480,000 if he doesn't play. So he's going to work out with the team. He's going to rehab with the team. He's going to get back on the field. As much as football can take away, it can also kind of giveth in a way and show us some great comeback stories and show you the perseverance that players will go through just to play that game. I mean, think about it. If you almost had your leg amputated doing anything, would you want to go back and do it? How many people have been to wars have been in work accidents, have been in situations where they unfortunately had to have something amputated. That's not something a lot of you would want to run back and do. And Here's this guy right back on the football field after something like that. That's hot. pretty incredible, and, and best of luck to him. Uh, Oliver Luck was named the new commissioner of the XFL today. Hey, remember the XFL? Coming back 2020, Vince McMahon and his awkward press conference to announce that a few months ago. Now, Oliver Luck leaves a job with the NCAA. Uh, he actually brings some credibility to the XFL, which they're trying to make this a legit league, not the Rebel League, not the, you know, we remember Vince McMahon, This is the XFL and the skimpy outfits for the cheerleaders and the WWE feel to it. They want this to be a legit alternative to the NFL, though they're not going to play in the same time of year. XFL is going to be pretty much right after the Super Bowl. And there's another professional football league that Dick Ebersall's son, Charlie, is going to be running that starts in 2019. And that's a whole different discussion for a different day. But you'll remember Oliver Luck. I wrote a story about this. There was a series of tweets put out in 2015. And I'll have to send the link out so people can check it out. But so remember, Oliver Luck. Is at the West, at the time, the athletic director at West Virginia. He's at an NCAA tournament game in Columbus. He meets up with some West Virginia fans. He joins a group of West Virginia fans for some drinks. And in the course of the conversation, he's asked why he moved to work for the NCAA. And according to, and I talked to people that were there, I wrote a story about. Oliver Luck replies, quote, just to bleep over Jim Beheim because bleep Syracuse. This was right off the heels of Syracuse's NCAA sanctions in 2015. He then calls over the waitress. They order 10 shots of Crown. Pour down the drinks. Leaves him with the bill, by the way. Didn't even pay the bill. And, you know, this, so... This was number two in the NCAA telling people at a bar, bleep Syracuse. And again, I wrote a story about this. I talked to people that were there. I was surprised that this didn't kind of gain the steam that it did. I talked to Oliver Luck about this. He wouldn't go on the record for the store. I, 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 let me correct that. He denied that he did this. Wouldn't give me a statement. Wouldn't say anything else other than he claims he didn't say that. There's a photo of him taking the drink, so he was there. So anytime Oliver Luck's name comes up, that's what I think of these days. And now he's going to go run the XFL. And by the way, if Oliver was smart, first point of order, and I believe Vince McMahon already said this, but you kind of jump on the hot news of the day. You reiterate, oh, yeah, XFL, everybody's on the field, hand on their heart. We stand for the anthem, just to kind of jump on that, right? This was nice. This was fun to do hot takes this time of day. We should do this more often. 437 is the number. When we come back, I always like to look at this to kind of show us where we are in sports. Forbes has come out with its annual list of the highest paid athletes in the world. What's notable is not only who's on it, but who's not. We'll get to that coming up. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.